Hello and welcome to Brokenomics. Now, in this episode, we're going to be continuing to talk about fiat currencies failing as they do. However, there are some pretty good examples of places where they have already failed, and uh, a prime example of that is going to be Argentina. Now, for this, I'm absolutely delighted to be joined by Ariel Aguilar. Hello, uh, Ariel. Hey Thank you for coming on. Nice to meet you. Did um, I get the pronunciation vaguely right? Yeah, yeah, Ariel Aguilar. Yeah. Oh, good, good. Yeah. And you are from Argentina. That's right. So you are well qualified to speak about um, currency collapses and so on. Yeah, I live a few during my life, so I'm experienced. <laughs> right. Um, were, there, were there any before your life as well? I mean, they, you, you know, Argentina is quite good at this. Yeah, it's already destroyed five different currencies uh -huh. and taken out 13 zeros out of all those 13 currencies. 13 zeros? Yeah. So it's, it's a completely, I say, a monetary, perpetual monetary disaster. Right, okay. Ever since it was created. Wow, that, that is... Um, that's quite impressive, actually, isn't it? Yes, as it goes. So, um, so tell, tell us about yourself then. What's your journey? How did, how did you run? Well, actually, I'm doing a tour of Europe. We have a Bitcoin van. It's a truck, like a ah, sprinter okay. van. Uh, we are touring all of Europe. We started in Spain. Yes. Uh, we went all the way to Oslo, all the way to Istanbul in Turkey, Gibraltar, uh -huh. uh, Portugal. So all around Europe. And now we are in the UK. And the idea is to well teach people about Bitcoin, mm -hmm. and so we we also teach them why Bitcoin and not crypto. It's a very interesting journey. Yeah. Yes, I can well imagine coming from Argentina why you might be attracted to to that. I mean, I think everybody should be, but the nature of it, it probably has to start in those countries where they've got the most pronounced failure. Yeah, actually, the, the Bitcoin community in Argentina started quite early on. Uh -huh. Like there were some Bitcoiners from 2012 who started organizing meetups back then. Uh -huh. And by 2013, we had regular meetups and the group got bigger and bigger. And then that group of people organized into a Bitcoin foundation. Mm -hmm. So Bitcoin Argentina NGO. Then they also did a Bitcoin conference, the first Latin American Bitcoin conference that is still running to this day. And then they did this uh, that I'm traveling in, which is uh, La Bitcoineta, which is this van. And they also did a Bitcoin building, a, a co-working space since 2014. Oh, wow. Okay. So they rented a whole building in downtown Buenos Aires. And that building is still there. It's like 800 to 1,000 square meters of offices okay. and common areas, plus a terrace. So yeah, so yeah, the Bitcoin so, community is quite. So I think quite, countries yeah. like Argentina and, and, and El Salvador certainly are benefiting from this right now. Although I think it is only really a matter of time before uh, Western countries, the UK, the US, are going to have to look at currencies which are backed by something a little bit firmer than the promises of politicians. And right. I like gold and Bitcoin. But... Sure, I mean uh, before Bitcoin, I was a gold bag and silver mm. bag. Uh, then I went on to Bitcoin. We were doing a libertarian mm. party, and one of the party members became a Bitcoiner quite early on. And mm. he came to the party and proposed, why don't we accept donations in Bitcoin? And so we started. There was an Argentine in Singapore sending money over to Argentina. Mm -hmm. And this member would take the Bitcoin for himself and give the party pesos. Good deal for him. Yeah. <laughs> very, actually, very good deal for him. Yeah. If, if the party had kept the pesos, we could have made a you know, tremendous political campaign in yeah, 2013. 
Yeah. Uh, but no, we had the pesos, sadly. <laughs> so, right, smart guy. So yeah, what I'm noticing here through these travels is that Europe somehow is waking up yes. in the same sense as Argentina did in 2013. So it is like a 10-year difference. Um, my take on this is because you've started to feel inflation since 2020, mm. right? Because well, of COVID, yeah, I mean, mostly. We, we, we've started to feel it very strongly after exactly. 2020, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So when inflation is like 3 4 5%, people just let it go. Yeah. But it's much higher than what the government say. I mean, the government yeah. will say it's, say, 10%. But also during these travels, I've been asking the people how much was inflation since 2020? And the answers range between 25 to 50 to doubling. Yeah, there are some good ways that you can measure it um, over t periods of time. I mean, one of the ways I quite like is the Big Mac index. And if you look at that, um, you would actually say that between 2008 and 2020, the rate of inflation in Western countries was around 4%, which is double the official rate of, of you know, well, they said they were going to cap it at 2% and they, right. they sort of had some number. And but really, the rate of inflation was 4%. And nobody really... Well, you you did notice it, but you had to look back over a decade or more to see the differences. Like, oh, yeah, I've got a pay rise. My house has gone up. My shopping bill has gone up. But it's really over a 10-year period that you strongly notice it. But since 2020, it's, you know, a year is like a decade in inflation terms now. Yeah, I also use the same index, like the hamburger from McDonald's. Or yeah. the other day, I went into a Burger King just to check what was the cheapest hamburger and it right. was four pounds <laughs> yes four pounds in argentina during the 90s we had later we're going to talk about this but we had a uh, 10 years of stability and a hamburger was like one dollar so mm. to think that now it is four pounds for a hamburger just the, che the cheapest cheeseburger right yeah we're not talking about a whopper or anything like that yeah uh, nothing fancy like that exactly no. it, it blows my, my mind it's like uh, for some people, mm. they might be also like be left out of eating at the supposedly cheapest places, which is like a McDonald's mm. or Burger King, right? Mm. Uh, at one moment, that was like the cheapest food people could get. And now it's yes. getting more expensive. And so there's going to be this process of waking up as people are exposed to the, the, the realities of this in a way that your country has been many, many times at this point. Yeah, that's right. So I don't actually know that much about Argentina. Can you can you maybe start with like a brief overview of his, uh, uh, you know historical perspective around Argentina? Sure. I mean, Argentina's history is fascinating because it's a country where, which its name comes from actually silver. So it's all, always been a, like a, the Spanish conquistadores that were living in Spain. They were looking for either gold or silver, right? Gold in North America, silver in in the South. Ah. Uh, and they told tales uh, like myths of finding a place full of silver. Okay. So Argentina is means the land of silver. And huh. um, actually, that. the silver wasn't there. It was in Potosí. It was in Bolivia, right? Right. Uh, and they navigated through a river that is next to Buenos Aires, which divides Argentina from Uruguay. And they also call the river Rio de la Plata, river of silver. So yeah, they, they, they were fascinated. Uh, Am I right in thinking the chemical symbol for silver is AR or something? So, yeah, it's, it's Argentum. So yeah, ah. Argentina comes from Argentum. 
So it, so it literally means land of silver. Exactly. Yeah. yeah oh yeah. wow. Okay, that's interesting. So yeah, the, the name of the country and the river of silver. Uh, well, like I said, eventually the silver was not in Buenos Aires; it was in Potosí, but it, the name kept, so so huh. it stayed. And at first, the country was very, really savage. Uh, there were Indians. Uh, it was anarchy, chaotic, right? Uh, we declared independence, but we still were fighting each other. Uh, the, the fight was about uh, how decentralized Argentina needed to be, like unitarian or federalist, right? Mm. And there were a group of men that were very classical liberal, who had studied Adam Smith, Sean Locke, Hume, and they wanted to bring those ideas, just as the same as the United States, to make Argentina a country of freedom. So they, literally, literally it, the, their vision was a libertarian country. Yeah, classical liberal, yeah. Okay. And they, they were called the generation of 37 because of the year 37. Some of them had to exile. 1837 this yeah. was. Some of them had to exile out of the country because uh, this war between Unitarians and Federalists, uh, they were going to get killed. Um, but those ideas remained. They drafted the constitution. And the constitution is one of the most, let's say, libertarian ones in the world because it recognized the right to property. Mm -hmm. For example, the US constitution does not have that <laughs> uh, amendment, right? It doesn't say anything. It says uh, right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. But it doesn't say property. doesn't say property rights. Right. Well, that is, the, that is the foundation of any market economy is property rights. So, yeah, that's quite an oversight, actually. Exactly. So... For, on one side, we had that, and on the other side, it also said that any foreigner would have the same rights as citizens. So whoever stepped his feet on Argentina would have property rights. So that was like a calling for all Europeans, come over to Argentina, you're going to be a citizen. Yes. So that sort of idea has a different context today, but in the time, it would have been, like you say, a call to Northern Europeans to... To transition over. Yeah, it would be like a radical idea for some, mm. right? And, and yeah, so Argentina started, uh, well, uh, organizing the, the constitution was uh, drafted and, and established in 1853. By 1860, the main province joined, so the country became uh, much established. And it started growing little by little. By 1880, it was already uh, on a upward path. Mm. Uh, and then also you, the British, started investing heavily in Argentina. Uh, you, for example, created the, all the rail lines, the, the railways, right? Oh, that sounds uh, like the sort of thing we would have done back then. Yes. Of course. The, the telegraph, the meatpackers. Yes. The, the country by then, uh, around 1820, 80, had more cows than people because the, the cows were roaming free. Uh, they, they, they could not contain them, so, so they were uh, reproducing in the wild, right? And for an uh, Argentine cowboy, we call them cow, cow, gauchos, mm -hmm. uh, he was like, if he, had, he needed to eat, he would just kill a cow, <laughs> like take the, the tongue out, right? Cook the tongue, eat, and, and go about his way. He, he wouldn't. There was such an abundance of cows that he didn't mind, right? Uh, That's a bit wasteful. Yeah, but yeah. all the same, every meal being steak, 
is unfathomably based. Yeah. Yes. So, so well, then the country started growing. A lot of immigration by the hundreds of thousands of people each year started coming. And the, the country was classically liberal, low taxes. Uh, now we're going to talk about the money. I mean, at first the money was a, a, like a monetary freedom that you had coins from the provinces, coins from Spain, coins from Potosí. Um, so basically, you, it, it was a free money standard that anybody could choose which money they chose to accept. Yeah. Okay, uh, well, whenever that has been tried, um, people always, always default to gold and silver. Yeah. And it's yeah, just yeah. a question of the weights and the purities. Yeah, the, the, the most used was the Real de Ocho, which means it was a Spanish coin minted in Potosí, Bolivia. Yeah, from the silver mines. Okay, so that would have been... Yes. Yeah, that, that would have been your day-to-day -day transaction would have been a, a small coin of silver. Of, of, of yeah. yeah, sometimes they cut it in like if either halves, fourth, or eight pieces, like a pizza, because it was a big coin, right? Yeah, li li well, literally a, a, a quarter. Um, I mean, the Americans still refer to quarters, but it, it, at one time it would have been a recognized um, coinage that you just literally chop into halves and then quarters. Right. Because uh, actually the... That real de ocho became the the base for the dollar. I, I, I learned this quite recently. I went to the British okay. Museum, and in the gold uh, uh, room, the, there was a guy that will let you touch the coins at around eleven, right? <laughs> and yeah, he gave me one from Potosí, and he told me that these coins went all the way up to North America to United States, and there uh. there they would restamp it as dollar. So that coin was the base for the US dollar. I didn't well. know that. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, well, that was uh, monetary freedom, but by 1881, yeah. we had the first national currency, right? And that currency had gold backing for a few years, and then whenever there was a crisis, they would take out the... It's a typical history. Yes. The, the same ha the thing happened with the pound. Yes. If you go to the uh, Bank of England Museum, you will see that for some years you have gold backing whenever there's a crisis. And when it becomes inconvenient, we get rid of the gold backing. Exactly. Okay. So, so Argentina was the same yeah. in that sense. Yes. And it, it had been inflating. Uh, so at first, the parity was one-to-one -one with the content value of the gold and it went to three to one four to one and that currency is the one that lasted the longest in argentina okay. it lasted almost 90 years that for argentine okay. standards is well actually for any currency i think i think the, the the average for all currencies is something like 57 years something like that yeah so for, for any currency to get up to 90 years that isn't bad yeah, but sadly, Argentina started to little by little leave its classical liberals' values. Mm. Uh, but at around nineteen hundred or nineteen ten, it was one of the top seven superpowers in the world. Uh, it was uh, one of the biggest economies. Uh, it was almost on par with Canada and Australia, mm. right? And they introduced, well, uh, voting for everyone. At first, voting wasn't 
uh, available to all the the foreigners. Uh, and then, right. yeah, yeah. And this this, this sounds like a bad decision. Yeah, this. because these people, sadly, it's a sad history. Uh, they brought over other kind of ideas. They they brought socialist, communist, anarchist oh ideas. Yes. Right, and they got representation in, in the Congress, and so they started. They they brought the the European ideas, right? That was popular, at the First World War, Second World War. By 1930, we started with the military coups. So we, we had democracy or regular governments until 1930. So it was a succession of military governments that one branch of the military would attack another branch of the military, right, and, and impose a new general. And there was one general that had studied uh, in Europe and was fascinated with uh, Mussolini and Hitler. Right. Right? Okay. And that was Juan Domingo Perón, which became, let's say, the the icon of, of Argentine presence. So Perón came back to Argentina with those after seeing Mussolini, and he got into power by a military coup. Yes. But he had previously been a minister of labor, so he got he got the idea of being popular with the unions and being popular with the workers. Okay. So he was the, a little bit different from the other military. And he his wife or his girlfriend at first was a poor girl that had come from the inner lands of the of Argentina. And yeah. well, let's not judge. She might be of fine moral standing. What happened to her? Well, I mean. This is one of the yes. versions of how they tell the story. You, you can see this in the musical Evita. Sometimes yes. you it's played on... That, that, was, that was her, was it? Evita, yes. Yeah, it was played here in London. In London or there's a movie with Madonna about yes. it. Yes, no, I remember but when that came out. The yeah. way they tell the story is he was a poor girl that had a father that would not recognize her right. because she was a bastard child yes. from a different family. So the father had a real family and like the mother was, I know. That that sounds exactly like the sort of story that Hollywood would tell. What what what's the other what's the other interpretation of her rise? Oh, that she was like a little poor girl, and right. she yeah she went to Buenos Aires, okay, and somehow she met uh, Perón, right? Yeah, somehow. Yeah. But well, so the story they tell is that she was uh, already very young, sleeping with old men. Right. And yes. she decided to, to go to Buenos Aires when she was really young. Yes. And she climbed up the ladder up until she met the president. One gentleman of the time. Exactly. Um, yeah. I can imagine why that was left out of the Hollywood version. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So It's a bit like Camilla Harris, isn't it? Only, yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, well I best stop there. But so, so then the military saw that he was getting too much power. And they decided to do a military coup on him, mm-hmm. putting him, put him in prison. And he, at one moment, he wanted to retire and cancel everything, but Evita, the wife, uh, convinced him, "No, no, no! You have to be a, a president. Let's call for elections. You run as president. We win, right? And, and we paralyze the country." And so 
she went uh, while he was on prison he she went on the radio uh, preaching his case right and yeah. arguing for him so they released him and he won and she was the campaign front. Yeah, yes. exactly. And, and after that, Argentina has been, <laughs> when you look at all the graphs <laughs> from all the metrics, okay. like from, I don't know if it was 1946 or 48. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's been like, like this. So for some reason, the, the Hitler supporting general and the slapper were not good for the country. Yeah. Okay. Shocker. Like they, they, yes. their, their agenda was to nationalize uh, all ah. the railroads, nationalize the central bank, nationalize, yeah, all the telecommunications. Well, if you, I mean, fine if you have to nationalize the railways, but if you nationalize the central bank, I mean, you are just, well, was, if, you, if, you, if you have a central bank to begin with. It was, yeah, the, the central bank was established 1935, so quite late. So the gold standard was finished by then. Yes. So 11 years later or 10 years later, they, they nationalized it. It was around time the when you nationalized the Bank of London, England. Yeah. It also happened ar around the same time. I mean, that, that's basically when it was game over for freedom, in my view, is, is when, this, when this, the, the run of central banks that you got in the early part of the 19th century, you know, the, the sort of 1913s and to 1930s, that whole period. I mean, I think that's really when the globalist coup happened. Right. And everything since then has been a tidying up exercise. And there's also an expression that was told that said that uh, when Perón came to the central bank, you could not walk uh, in the in the aisles because of all the gold. Oh, that the, was the there. whole thing was stuffed with gold. Yeah, stuffed with gold, and by the yes. end, I, I wonder what happened to that. Yeah. I'm sure you'll tell us. All, yes. all this, all, all gone, right? All right. disappeared, sadly, because uh, yeah, they were nationalizing companies, so expropriating the companies. Whoever wasn't uh, aligned with the government was an enemy. Uh, Evita uh, established manzaneras. Ma manzana is apple, but it also means block, like mm. a, a town block in Spanish. So it was like a, a woman in charge of the entire block of spying all the neighbors mm. to see which neighbor is aligned or is a Peronist and which neighbor is not. Like you had to have a picture <laughs> of Perón and Evita on your wall, in your house, in your business, in your school. Uh, my father was a, a young boy, around six years old or, or younger. And yeah, they had to sing the Peronist anthem. Wow, this is really and, Soviet. Yeah. Every house, every workplace, a picture of Pero and Evita. Exactly. Right. And on the textbooks for first grade, yeah. uh, when they teach you to re read and write, would say, uh, I love Evita, Evita <laughs> loves me, right? I, I love Perón, Perón loves right. me. So, so Fairly unsubtle on the propaganda, but did it work? Did people love them? Well, I mean, up till this day, Peronism, uh, you cannot, Argentina cannot get rid of it. And it's become right. something that it's really hard to explain because Perón at one moment was like a fascist Nazist. Then right. he... Uh, did some socialist uh, things and but has has he taken on this sort of myth-like status of like a Washington or a Churchill or, or an Ataturk, somebody somebody yeah, like that exactly okay. or a Che Guevara, okay. right? So yeah, it, it has a myth status in Argentina, and uh, 
1955, he was ousted by a military coup. Those militaries were sort of classical liberal. Uh, so then we went back into a succession of... Uh, a series of military coups. Yeah, exactly. And your father so, was a young man while all this was happening and remembers yeah. it. Okay. So we started having inflation. By 1970, uh, the first currency had to die. Okay. Uh, I, I do not have it here. I do have the next one. I'm okay. going to show you. Oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Uh, I have a... The second one was called Peso Ley, Peso Law, and they took two zeros. So this was the first taken out okay. of two zeros. So so the first currency, you for every hundred of them, you would get one of these... Exactly. One of these new ones. Which is uh, this one, right? Okay. Peso Ley. So this would have been 10 of the previous one right yeah well you well you've got a thousand there haven't you so that would have been um 10 10 of the previous one yeah a hundred thousand of the no, no you're, you're right yeah a uh, hundred thousand you're right hundred thousand exactly. previous ones so, so presumably that's later on in its life yeah yes because this one lasted 13 years and okay 13 still not that bad we i mean it's went from good. 90 to 13 so we're getting worse yeah and we're gonna go worse yeah, I bet. Uh, this one died around the time of the Falcon Wars, right? In 83. Right. Uh, most likely, yeah, they spent it all on the war. Uh, so then they took, this one got to up 1 million peso bill, right? So and, the, and how much would a 1 million peso bill buy you? A house? Uh, no, 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 no. Like, uh, let's say $100 today, something like that. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, would have, it would have bought you a good suit, basically, yeah. the, the, or, one, the one million pesos. Yeah. So then they took out four zeros, right? Right. Okay. So we need... Uh, so we're up to six zeros so far taken out. Okay. 10,000 of this one yep. became one of these. Okay. So the million became... 10, well, no, a hundred. Yes, okay, yes. Right? Yes, and, and the thousand became the one. Exactly. Yes. So that, now this was called Peso Argentino. So it was very similar to this one, yep. right? But now it was an Argentine peso, right? It was. Yeah, they look they look basic. They've got the same aesthetic. It's just one's a bit slightly more colorful. You could easily confuse one for the other. Yeah, but they are different, uh, they are different series. Yes. Uh, that one is called Peso Ley because of the law that established it. Yep. Right? And here they, they try to be patriotic and they put peso argentino. Right. This one lasted the, the shortest. This was the worst of all. Because uh, they destroyed this in two years. Two years. Two years. Right? From 83 to 85. That is quite impressive, actually, when yeah. it comes to currency destruction. Because... Back after that war, the military lost all the popularity and all the yeah, all so, the relevance. So, do you, do you so agree we with the narrative that the that the Falklands War was an effort to a, a desperate gamble to prop up their popularity? Yes, exactly. It was an yeah. attempt to to yeah gain popularity and respect on the population. Yeah, to have a common enemy. Right, it's uh, it's the standard thing they do, isn't it? If you if your population turns against you, you find an external enemy. But it was just rather unfortunate they picked Maggie. Yeah. 
That that wouldn't work. <laughs> and as I was as I was saying to you off air earlier, I think I think if if Argentina had sent instead of ten thousand conscripts, if they'd sent a hundred single women today, well, uh, <laughs> today uh, the Falklands it. would be an Argentinian island because um, they 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 would have all gone out there. They all would have had the Argentine kids. women are beautiful. So yeah, <laughs> and then twenty years later, you would have a whole yeah. youth movement saying we want to be Argentinian. Right. But yeah, they they didn't send a hundred single women, so you know. But, uh, they it would be very poor for the Falklanders because yes. right now they have like a GDP per capita, one of the highest in the world. Oh, do they? Right. Yeah, yeah. You have to check that out, the number. And Argentinians okay. right now are making like, you know, 6,000, 8,000 a year mm-hmm. on average. So, yeah. Oh, maybe I should get somebody on from the Falklands then. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would be, be a good future episode. So, sure. so, they, um, so they lost the war. Um, they did. They, did they get cooed out as well? No, they, they they did a return to democracy. Ah, so we had elections again. Okay, these election terms lasted six years, but a left-leaning candidate came into power, which was terrible in economics. It was <laughs> who'd have thought? Yeah, left wing about it, it was a disaster, and so he proposed a a new currency. Yeah. Which is about when I was born, eighty-five, which was called the Austral, right? The Austral. The Austral. So okay. the peso got replaced by the Austral plan. And uh, how, how many of the of the old ones became one of those? Three zeros. Three, three zeros. zeros. Okay, so a, a thousand goes down to one again. Exactly. Blimey, that's... So, so this one at first, when it was uh, born, it was worth more than one U.S. dollar. Okay. 83 cents of an Austral bought you one dollar. Okay. So they started, they started to inflate it. Wait, so when, when did this one come in? 85. 85, okay. 85. So by 89, we were having hyperinflation <laughs> of these. <laughs> to watch the full video, please become a premium member at lotuseaters.com. <laughs>